songs. I'm passionate, meaning everything that I do, I must come across, you know, with a vibe. This episode is brought to you by Gems. The following contains adult language, content, and description of actions that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. DancehallMag.com is a new startup publisher covering Jamaican music and culture. New articles fill four content areas weekly with the goal of facilitating a greater appreciation and awareness of reggae and dancehall to the masses worldwide. Find them online at www.DancehallMag.com or subscribe to the news magazine on Google News, Apple News and Flipboard. Hi, I'm Chris Williams from Proven. And you're listening to World Music Views. Music is the soundtrack of our daily lives. It drives business. It entertains. And we are that crucial link between the makers and users of music. We are Jams. Representing local and international producers, labels and performers. Providing global coverage in the collection of airplay and public performance royalties for the best of the best in the music industry. We deliver results. We deliver royalties. Find us at jamsonline.com or call 876-978-1010. Jams. We stand up for music rights. Welcome to World Music Views, boss. This is a different kind of show than you're used to. I know you're used to the money shows and, <laughs> and, and Bloomberg. So consider this the Bloomberg of music. Yeah, yeah. Because what so. we're going to talk about is music and music business and how to turn cultural capital into financial capital. Um, so welcome, Chris Williams of Proven. So first of all, tell me where you're from. Let's give some context to it. Uh, well, I would say that my evolution in life started at the great school of Jamaica College. You know, the, every, everything, everything started there. Um, you know, once I stepped onto that campus, it's like a vibe that reached me and, and, and uh, you know, the, the, the powers of, of the elders that came before me just just, you know, just take me over. And, um, you know, so, so I spent seven years at JC and that really um, allowed me to establish my life mantra, which is passion and performance. You know, I, I, I just felt, I mean, I remember at third form at JC, you know, just going through the, um, the, the, the old boys, meeting the old boys, and then, you know, sitting and, you know, and mentor us. And right there and then I said, boy, I want, I want to be um, focused on passion and performance. And passion meaning everything that I do, I must come across, you know, with a vibe. And then you back that up with performance. So you don't, you don't, you, you know, so you're not a waste man. You know, you're not, you're not just full of talk. Uh, so, so you back up your, your passion with, with performance. And that's been my life mantra. So, so, so once I've got that foundation of JC, it's just been, it's just been rolling through, you know, got into the financial industry after, after university and, um, and just been evolving until, you know, I co-founded Proven, um, you know, with- Whoa, 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 don't, don't get ahead. Oh, oh first, it, no, people don't just get into the financial industry like that. Um, what was that passion that you had to, to become part of the leadership of the financial industry? 
I, I, I honestly, um, JR, money, I recognize early because I mean, I'm, a, I'm coming from a single um, parent household. It's my mother, my grandmother brought me. And, you know, you, you, you see the struggles that they go through day to day trying to provide for, for us. And it just placed in me the, the, the need to understand money. You know, I, I just recall um, the several conversations at night with my mother, you know, just trying to, to help her balance the books. And, um, and, and, and from that experience, I, I just, you know, fell in love with, with money and just said why I needed to make sure I understand how money works and, and how I can better manage money so that, you know, I, I, I don't end up in the same situation that my mother um, ended up in. And so she, had, she used to counsel me, you know, um, morning, noon and night on, on how to, to, to evolve from, um, from the challenges of, of not having financial resources to, to, to being in a position where you're financially independent. And, and, and we came up with a plan. And the plan was essentially to, to, to seek to get to financial independence through education. So, uh, so, so we mapped out the plan and said, all right, university degree looks like a great opportunity for you to get a, you know, a, a good job and to make some money. And, uh, and so I, I went to UA after JC, I, you know, I got into UA and uh, did, did my bachelor's in accounting. And, and, and then I started working after UA, uh, you know, and at, um, at an audit firm. And while at the audit firm, I recognized that one of the highest paying industries was the financial services industry. So, so I'm like, right, no, I have to get in the financial services industry because that's where the big box is. So, um, so I, I, to, to get into the financial services industry, they, they wanted uh, further education. And just about that time, there was a new degree that popped onto the scene in Jamaica called an MBA. So in a whole heap of young hotshots were coming back from overseas with a thing called an MBA. And, and, um, and the MBA, um, you know, really and truly was something that excited me. So, but it wasn't offered in Jamaica. It wasn't something I could do here at UA. So I had to go overseas to do it. So this was, this was before you born. This was, you know. I, I imagine, come from a barn, you know. This was before you born. So, so, um, so I did, you know, my um, G GMAT, which is what you do to, to, you know, and I applied for school in Canada, and I left Jamaica with two hundred and thirty-eight dollars in travelers' checks. I didn't pay for the for my um, for my degree. I I just applied and got in. And when I got there, 
I told them, boy, you know, you know, I use the I use the Jamaica style. You know, I go, you go in and you go talk to the administration and you say, boy, beg you. Why beg not you, tell you? Beg you three months. <laughs> beg you three months, but soon pay you. You understand? Know so they never they never used to that style. You understand? Know so we you know that you know that style like already. You, you go you and you, you, you know you beg you three months, you know, and, and them, them let you go three months, and then three months later, you make them another three months. Definitely, and, definitely. You know <laughs> so so we go, go to Canada, and we did a style, and it worked, you know. They kept giving me three-month extensions to pay, the, um, to pay the tuition until, you know, they, of course, so they never had a plan. They never had a strategy where they would ban you from taking the exam. Their thing was they would ban you from getting the degree. So that's the value. That's the value. So, so, so of course, they would, would do the exam, pass, but they wouldn't give me the degree until I paid. So they gave me a letter. So when I came back to Jamaica now, I applied to the financial industry, you know, and I said, yo, I'm here with an MBA, you know, and I'm, you know, ready to rock and roll. And, and they, they said, bam, and them hire me. You know, I got into the you know, bank called Manufacturers Merchant Bank as a manager. Um, and when I went in, I said, oh, there's one slight problem. <laughs> you know, they asked me for my certificate something. I said, why? Hold on. I, I give them the letter from the university that says, I have fulfilled all the, 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 the academic requirements, but I cannot get the certificate until I have paid X. So I said to them, can you lend me X? You know, and let me pay the university, and then you take it out of my salary, you know, um, over the next, you know, three, four years. And them say, yeah, let me do that. So that's how I ended up paying, paying for, my, for my MBA. So, yeah, uh, you're a real hustler's hustler. Street <laughs> Jamaica College. Street Jamaica College. You understand? So, we drop into the financial services industry now. And, and the financial services industry at the time was, and, and to some extent it still is, wasn't very customer centric. Uh, you never really had banks picking up the phone and calling people and, in, and, and asking them, what can I do for you? And coming off of the, 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 um, the Toronto MBA experience, and, and living in that society for two years, I, you know, I, I was exposed to a much more customer-centric approach. And so, you know, I started doing that. I started, you know, literally calling people up. I, I would literally take the telephone directory. Them times everybody have landlines. So, you know, I take up the telephone directory and everybody landline listed in the, in, the, um, in the telephone directory. And I would pick the Norbrooks and the, 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 the Jacks Hill and, you know, all of them, 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 them um, rich people place there. And I would just call them and they would answer the phone. It's, you know, it was the most amazing thing. And I would say, hi, I'm calling from Manufacturers Merchant Bank and I'd like to offer you and they would say, okay, sure, let's meet. And then, you know, and I would go up to them house and sit down with them, have a you know, cup of tea or whatever. And, 
introduced them to some banking products and it just took off I, I, you know my sales how did you how did you because i i had a problem earlier when i just started my business in making cold calls because there, there's the distance between who you know and then where you're coming from you wonder if somebody going to take your phone call because what can you do for them how did you get over that anxiety of making phone calls um, cold calls. Canada, Canada taught me that. Canada taught me how to be um, invisible um, because you, you, you're operating in a society that's largely white and you know and you are black and so you stand out. So you had to you had to train yourself to ignore you know the opinions of others and the reactions of others and just pretend that you're invisible. So, 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 so anything that came at me, I, I, I just, I just ignored it. So I, I had, I had, because I was coming from, you know, from, from Canada and in Canada, you know, you know, doing an MBA, you have to do pitches, you have to do, I mean, there's a lot of coursework. So you had to integrate into the society and, 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 be, you know, and just, and just, you know, and just balls up. And, and that's what that's what Canada taught me. And of course, also JC, JC, you know, it got the traditional high schools and it's pure boys and one girl step on the campus and you compete with 1,000 men. Now for me, a sharp shooter. Yo, you have a quick and you have a smooth. You understand me? Because you're getting one chance. So between JC and Canada, I just came back. Was I was just like, yo, what the hell? I mean, if it, if them said no, who cares? You know, I just move on. And so I was just picking up the phone and just calling people and just saying, hey, what's up? And you know, but like getting my little Canadian accent too. You understand me? <laughs> Which is a good segue for what we're talking about today: cultural capital. So even that experience of, of going to Canada, getting your education, getting your degree, that, that forms part of cultural capital in certain segments of society. You learn how to be um, multi-tongued. So you code switch between the Jamaican and the, 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 the Canadian accent. Have you found that kind of capital to be useful even now in your, your work? Absolutely, that is our... That is our gungo, as, as people would say. That, I mean, I, I, I became so proud of being a Jamaican from that experience in Canada because, um, you know, we, we just have a vibe that people just gravitate towards. Um, you know, it's just a combination of, you know, our, our food, our music, you know, hospitality, aggression, um, our passion, all of that just helps to, 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 to turn you into an attractive person to be around. And so as a result of that, uh, you, 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 know, you became the star of the show, you know, for, for, and I was just like, you know, dumbfounded. I was just like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, this Jamaican that Jamaicanism that I have is so attractive, and and so and so that that's our that's our secret sauce. That's our secret sauce. The cultural capital that we that we have, 
And so the big, the big you know, challenge, of course, is how to monetize that. I thought I was able to monetize that you know, early in my career because of you know, the gaps in, in, in customer centricity in, in the financial services space in Jamaica at the time. Um, but obviously there are other gaps. There are global gaps, you know, there, um, there are local gaps in, in, in how you can monetize custom uh, cultural capital. You manage a billion US dollars unapproved, right? And you, you spread across real estate, financial instruments, etc. But any entertainment instrument, whether it is music IP or media stuff or, or live show stuff. You were the first and, um, and probably still the only uh, institutional investor that stepped up by taking 20% of Dream Entertainment. Excuse yeah, my ignorance, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we're the largest shareholder for the last two years of Dream Entertainment. So, so we, 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 you know, we're, we're investors. We're investors. We sit down every day, listen to proposals, and we invite proposals. You know, I'm on the phone constantly. I'm doing these kinds of interviews. I'm out there trying to get people to come to me and, and present ideas. And one of those ideas was dream. And, and we cut the check and, and, and we invested. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a space that I think has legs. And, 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 and I think uh, there's some areas that we have to focus on in order to ensure that you bridge that gap between the investor and, and the artist. Uh, you know, that's, I, I you know, call it the math and the magic. The, the numbers and the, the art absolutely, part. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, and so what are those areas? Those areas are first and foremost governance structure. The, the, the reality is that, you know, we operate in, a, in, a, in, a, in an environment that is driven entirely by uh, governance structure. So you have a board, you have an executive management, um, you have staff, you have reporting lines, you have uh, rep uh, reports, you have strategic plans, you have financial statements, you have budgets. All of those uh, 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 um, structural platforms are critical for business success, no matter what type of business it is. That has been proven the last hundred years. Every business that you go into, the, the, that footprint and, uh, and that blueprint is, is critical for success. So we don't want to come in and is a, you know, lay back and, you know, make with us talk and no minutes, no, no, no structure, no, no reporting, um, no strategic planning, no budgeting. We, you know, we can't operate in that environment. We, 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 every business, whether it's a manufacturing business, a distribution business, a tourism business, a music business, it, you have to operate with those governance guidelines. And then you, 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 you have to have a solid, product defined no no one of the things that were that that attracted us to dream was the fact that they their product was well defined 
Uh, the Dream Weekend product was, you know, uh, 10, 10 plus years old. And, it, you know, it's, it's kept religiously well executed, uh, uh, you know, very few issues, uh, you know, and so they've been able to establish a, a solid product. Uh, and then, of course, they had the, uh, they have the Exodus Carnival, which they introduced and was was it was it was able to establish as well. So 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 you in order to attract, I must be able to clearly define the product, and 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 the product must be well packaged and well structured. And and for an entertainment event, it means um, some IP licensing. Um, has to has to be in place, uh, and and some track record has to be in place. Uh, so so that's what I've found as the major challenge in monetizing the cultural capital is 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 the the governance structure and ensuring that that governance structure. No no, I can fully understand that if you're an artist, you don't have the experience or the exposure. In in you know governance structures, you, you you know you haven't worked and proven for the last you know twenty years and you know lived through that, and it's the same thing for for scientists for people who invent you know bun and cheese or or, or soda, they they may not be able to uh, to to understand how to monetize the soda, so there's no difference. So what you have to do is make sure that you surround yourself. With, with individuals that complement you and, and that bring that governance structure to the table. What I've seen is that a lot of the cultural capital owners surround themselves more with, with um, uh, you know, whether it be artist management or, or, um, or, or, you know, or touring management, et cetera, as opposed to uh, business management. Which is they they own the cultural capital, but not the IP, because a lot of artists own they, they can sing and they have a brand and such, but the record company own their music. And and do you do you suggest that artists own more of who they are and what they sing and the products they make? I don't necessarily think so. I, I mean, you don't you don't see you see in bold. Um, uh, seeking to put on his own um, trap meets in Ukraine and, and, and Paris, he was able to, you know, to just be a sprinter and still achieve the financial independence um, that he has achieved. So it is possible for you to just execute your, your, your talent and monetize it. Uh, what we need is a greater infrastructure of Trap meets, for example, uh, you know. So, so the fact that Europe has so many trap meets and the trap meets are so profitable, it means that the artist, which is the athlete, is able to just go there, perform, collect, and and leave. So, what we our focus uh, uh, um, locally, I think, rightfully so, is on. Um, artist development, and then we sell that artist development to 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 the to the producers of the events um, globally. No, I don't necessarily think we need to 
spend the time being the owners of the events or the owners of the, the record labels. That's a completely different risk. I think we can, we can do well financially uh, by executing as, a, as an artist. Uh, that's what we are, with the, you know, we are competitive in, we're globally competitive in. So let us, let, you know, let us, let us just work with that. You operate in multiple countries. Cayman is also one of the countries and you're registered in St. Lucia. From Cuba down to Barbados, that, that block of islands called the Caribbean, we, we produce the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos. His father came from Cuba, Rihanna from Barbados, Usain Bolt in the middle, Bob Marley, Michael Leachin, you, and, and, and other people who, who excel globally in what they do. The, the, the ability to excel, though, as you say, you had to go to foreign. Um, Leachin had to go to foreign. Bolt had to go to foreign. Bunch of people had to go to foreign. How do you suggest we develop that infrastructure where people... Who, who don't have the means and, and the charm like you, but the, the infrastructure is there so you can level the playing field and have people with the desire to learn, the desire to enter a business or to, 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 to sharpen a talent, become better in their field. Yeah. Uh, uh, unfortunately, because uh, I don't really like to depend on the government, um, but unfortunately, we're going to have to depend on the government um, to provide this. And so the, the areas that I think the government will need to, 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 to help and, and to enhance is in the area of capacity building and in the area of access to finance. Those are the top two areas that I see is needed in order to give everybody that has a talent an opportunity to shine. And, uh, and so the capacity building, I, I liken that to, 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 the, uh, to the coaches. I think that the move, the reason Jamaica's track and field has, has evolved so well is that we, um, you know, it, um, with GC Foster uh, School built a number of solid coaches and those coaches went into the, to the, to the society. And, and started to ply their, 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 their trade. And as a result of that, we have had Shelley, Houston, Asafa, yada, 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 because uh, we, we focused on capacity building of, of the trainer. I think what, what, what we're going to need to do uh, is do the same uh, for the cultural, which is the capacity building for the producer. I notice, you know, and I, I, I spend a lot of, my son is actually in, in the cultural space. And, uh, and, and, you know, so we so I spent a lot of time looking at the curriculum of Edna Manley and so on. And I think what we need is, is, is more focus on the producer, which is, which is like that trainer, which is the person with the ear, you know, that's going to, invest in the artists and guide them on you know on voice training and 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 providing writers and and so on to to to, to really get the product to its best level so so less so on on training for the artists 
and more so on three. Because we never hit GC Foster wasn't a school that, that was focused on developing Usain. It was focused on, on developing Usain's coach. And, and, and so by developing Usain's coach, it was able to, to, to um, you know, to develop, to develop Usain. So, so when Usain went to, went to William Nib, you know, to try out for track, there was a competent coach at William Nib that could say, yo, the youth have talent and to help him to, 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 to create that talent and then to step forward where he could eventually find Glenn Mills and so on. So, so we need to have that, um, that trainer uh, in the music space, in the, in the, in the um, drama, et cetera, et cetera, so that we, we can enhance the artists. Because you know, I, don't, I don't think the artists are the problem. And, and then secondly, we need the access to finance because having, having, you know, having developed it, we need to, to be able to put the, the, um, the artists in a, the producer and the artist in a position to fund their goals. And, uh, and I think that there is some improvement taking place there. There, there are a lot more venture capital firms, you know, uh, a lot more entities like Proven that are popping up and that are prepared to invest in, in the space. As I said, we stepped forward and invested in Dream, and I think that set the stage for others, or other institutional investors to step forward and, and invest in the music space. So, so the access to financing is improving and, and the capacity building, uh, we need to get that improving. Uh, so those are the two areas that I think we, we, need to, we need to strengthen in order to take us to the next level. Uh, so that we're not, you know, we're not just paper pushers, we're value creators. Uh, and that's obviously what we want to be. We want to, you know, we want to, to be the value creator. Uh, right so, now, yeah, go finish, finish what you're saying. Yeah, so, 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 so I, I, I think that there, there, there are opportunities, but both of those don't justify ignoring the point I made earlier, which is that you have to step forward with a proper governance structure. So when you step into the room to talk to, 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 talk to Chris Williams for, for financing, you have to speak my language. You can't speak your language. Because if you step in speaking Spanish and you're trying to get me who speak English to invest in you, I'm not going to invest in you because I don't know how to speak Spanish. You're going to have to step into the room speaking English. You know? And so, so you have to speak the, the English of finance. Uh, and if you can't speak it, then you have to find somebody who can. That's a solid point. Solid, solid point. Um, translating culture for the financial world and, and then the other way around too. Because you'd admit proven also needs cultural capital to exist in the space, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Because cultural capital gives us that, that extra wow um, and and uh, that makes us more relevant, and 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 therefore that makes us more attractive. So so absolutely, uh, there is some there there is some 
requirement for me to speak Spanish as well. Yes, so it's not just on alone on the, on you, the Spanish speaker, to convert your your language to English, but it's also also on me, who's looking business and looking for investment opportunities. It's also on me to learn because if if everybody's speaking Spanish, I'm going to have to say shit. Hold on, I'm going to have to learn how to speak Spanish because I need to understand so I can get some of these opportunities. So some of that, that was the back and forth that took place between us and Dream, where, you know, when they step forward, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're promoters and they're speaking their promoter language. And, and we had to spend some time doing the dance, trying to, trying to break down the translation. So there is certainly a need on my side of the, of the financing desk. To, to, to learn the language as well. So, so absolutely, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's, it's, it's one side, it's both sides uh, uh, that need to, to understand the translation. Uh, I chair uh, CARIA, which is the Caribbean Alternative Investment Association, and we're seeking to develop that. We're seeking to develop the the, 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 the Spanish speaking, the translation of the cultural language so that, so that we can understand the, 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 the artists and the, you know, the cultural owners uh, and, and so we can cut the checks, whether it be in film, whether it be in music, whether it be in art, you know, et cetera. So World Music Views, I started World Music Views three years ago, 2018 to be a, a trade publication that would improve the music industry through analytics and data driven. Instead of a man just as a bow, 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 <clears throat> when a song hot, you'll actually know if the song hot by seeing how it's being consumed. And then we branch off into several things where we, we publish, publish papers and so every week, like this interview will be published um, in Dancehall Magazine. Um, and it's really to, to give the industry some real-time numbers, the, the math of what the industry is. What's the equivalent to that trade public, to our trade publication in your business? It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. I mean, we we have we have obviously we you know we have the central bank that's that's set up, we have the financial services commission that's set up. So, you know, so obviously the financial services industry is, you know, is, is decades ahead of most industries, frankly. And, and we have, you know, we have tons of data on, on each industry, on, you know, on what they're producing and so on, which helps us to make our investment decisions. I'm, so, asking, you, I'm asking you the two parts of it, like what's the equivalent and what ideas from those that you learned that I, and this is a personal question that I could lend to World Music Views to be the Bible of the entertainment industry. I, th I think the frequency of the data and the accuracy of the data, that's what uh, you know, the, 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 the providers of the data in the financial services industry, that's what they bring to the table while we, while we gravitate around them and, and uh, you know, we consume them, you know, religiously uh, because, you know, the, the data is, you know, is, is, is relatively frequent. So it's not like every two years. So, you know, we're, we, that's obviously not, not workable. That's, you know, that, that's too infrequent. 
Um, and then also you, you combine that with the fact that it's accurate. So, you know, they're not saying, you know, this song is number one and when you actually check it, you know, the song never yeah, says it. Yeah, them, them try to buy out world music views all the time. And I'm like, no, boss, you yeah, can't yeah. pay me to be number one at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that's critical. Those are the two things. You, have, you know, you have the, you know, the accuracy and and the frequency. Those are the two things that I would say that you know, if you if you are good on that, then 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 yes, eventually um, you'll become the Bible. You'll become the Bank of Jamaica of the music industry. You know. Um, so so I think we you know, I mean, when I look at it. Uh, over the last 10 years, the, the, the music industry has begun to, you know, to have some legs. I think that the, you know, the, the streaming uh, uh, has allowed data to, to be more timely and to be more accurate. Uh, obviously, the streaming has affected, you know, revenue um, because of, you know, just how, how, you know, how cheap the streaming is. But... But certainly, as it relates to, to to breaking down the barriers and allowing anybody to to be able to to launch a product and making the barrier to entry a lot lower, <clears throat> uh, that's been great for the for the industry. Uh, and then, of course, you know, touring uh, is it has 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 stepped back up because of the you know the fact that you know that's that's one of the major ways to monetize. So you do have a number of international promoters that are out there that once you get your song, you know, uh, streamed heavily, then you're going to get on a tour and, and, and you can, you know, you can make some money. So I think the infrastructure globally, the distribution channels for the industry is well established. Uh, we need, we just need to, to improve our product. And the improving of the product, as I said before, is, is making more Glenn Mills and Stephen Francis's, you know, making, making more trainers uh, because the trainers will, you know, will, will be specialists that have the eye or have the ear and can, can say, boy, get a brother have something, but if we tweak him this way or we tweak him that way, you know, and, and then combine that with a business manager who's going to say, all right, we need, you know, we need a million dollars. Um, this is how we're going to get it. Uh, this is how we're going to spend it, etc. I mean, one of the successes of Usain is has been his management. You know, he is stuck with, um, you know, Norman Peart and NJ Walker, you know, for the entirety of his career. And, and they have been able to, to help him monetize while he just focused on running. And, uh, and and so it's so, so you know so it's, it's not just the success of you saying it's not just you saying it's also the people behind the scenes the Glenn Mills the 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 NJ the the, the Norman Peart's of, of this world that that helped to keep him on the path and to brand him properly not into any scandals and all of that you know. Um, so, so you know, I, 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 I think that's how artists have to break it down, and and you know, not just not just feel that you know you have to focus on your your vocal talent, because as we know, there are whole heap of man out there bust big. That I mean, look at the, the, the biggest busser of all is is DJ Khaled that can't even sing a note. You understand? Know yeah. 
you know, but him is a marketing genius and, yeah. and, and also has an excellent ear and has, has he's put, also a good person, like just a good person to deal with. Yeah, like so, like that that comes with a, a whole lot of currency. He could call anybody, including Jay Z, and he shows up. Yeah, you know, so so like that's a part of the so, capital. I feel that we 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 can monetize it, but but we need to learn from from how Sandals was monetized, from how you know Proven was monetized, from how NCD was monetized. You know, those are lessons that are, are, are universal. They're, they're not just specific to the financial industry. They're, you know, from how Apple was monetized. You said one thing at the beginning that you wanted to learn how money works. How does money work? I think how money works is on reputation and, and trust. I think that's the, that's the foundation of, of how money works. Um, you know, if, if people have confidence in you, and, and, and your reputation and trust is solid, money is not a problem for you. Money is not a problem. And the issue of access to money and, and, and the flowing of money um, dissolves the, as your reputation and your trust level dissolves. So you have to stay focused on being your word on 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 not over promising and making sure that you deliver and 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 you know and and make and make minimizing your mistakes um, because as you as you have more and more successes people you know begin to trust you more and more you know I I mean <clears throat> it gets so bad at, with with me that you know, when I step in, I, I mean, I remember I stopped at a restaurant and uh, with with um, with my driver and 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 um, you know, I went into the restaurant, order, eat, and when I done order and eat, I'm like, hold on, I don't have no money. <laughs> I didn't carry the money, you know, and and the person said, "Boy, no man, Mr. Williams, yeah man, you're a good man." You're good, and I'm giving them um, them account. You know, I'm a wire the money to their account. You know, um, you know. So, so once you once you 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 have um, that you know a reputation and a, and a level of of integrity and trust, then access to finances is is is, is soup. You know, is 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 easy. That's a beautiful way to end. I love that. They, they should teach that in schools, right? It should be a class, not accounting, not not nothing else, not finance, but a class should be a money. Yeah. Right on the board, money. This is all I can learn about. That's a, that's a valuable lesson. Something that I know um, as a business person, but I think everybody needs to know yeah. that money is contingent upon your reputation. It will follow you if you're known to do something. So yeah. big up, Chris. This yes, has sir. been really good. We should have a part two. I want to meet with you one day because I have a lot to, to learn from you because you, you sound like you know a lot of what me want to know about <laughs> um, in the business. And, and I have a lot I want to share with you too um, in terms of the music industry and, and what I'm doing and, and see how you can direct me. All right? <laughs> Thank you for having me. I, I 
thank you for the work that you've been doing in the industry and taking it to another level. It's, it's been absolutely amazing. Respect. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks. All right, big right. up, boss. I will talk, all right? Yes, Bless up, man. Thank you. I am Chris Williams from Proven, and you're watching World Music Views. Music is the soundtrack of our daily lives. It drives business, it entertains, and we are that crucial link between the makers and users of music. We are Jams, representing local and international producers, labels and performers, providing global coverage in the collection of airplay and public performance royalties for the best of the best in the music industry. We deliver results. We deliver royalties. Find us at jamsonline.com or call 876-978-1010. Jams, we stand up for music rights. If you want to hear the songs mentioned or heard on this episode, go to YouTube or on your favorite streaming platform and search World Music Views Playlist to hear more.